yourself when the football season's over. Oh. Well, well, you like this is you've said this is your favorite seat, your favorite weekend of the season. Yes, even more so than the Super Bowl. At what point in the Super Bowl will you start? It'll start to hit you that this is the last game, and then you'll start to not even be able to enjoy the final quarter of the Super Bowl because you'll be sad that the football season's over. It really depends on how drunk I get on Super Bowl Sunday. Really, if, I don't the, see you as a is a get, lampshade guy. If I get drunk enough, I can push away. The wallowing until Monday morning. Of all, but of all of the like the different parties I've had for Super Bowl Sundays, and it's been yeah. a while. I'll tell you why. I don't believe that you ever won the lampshade award. Yeah, because usually I had to drive sometimes an hour, hour and a half, two and a half hours home to Madison, Wisconsin. That's true. It depended upon um, because you know I wasn't going to ask my wife to drive, so that's generally why uh, I, I. Do you know who won? Uh, do you won? I think the the last uh, lampshade what, award. The, Two before was me. <laughs> yes. I woke up. I, I remember that. I one. woke up at 1.30 in the morning. I was with your fully, shoes on. fully clothed with boots on. Woke up at 1, puked, mm-hmm. went back to bed with my boots on, and went back to sleep. <laughs> hey. This you is survived? at my party. I, that's the best way I to do it. I was the host. That's why you want to host the Super Bowl parties. You don't have to drive home. Um, it is also depressing, Waddle, not just because, listen, I'm really excited. It's my favorite Sunday of the year. But it's also somewhat depressing because this is probably going to be, at least for the 2023-24 football season, the penultimate conversation with Doug Kazarian, who helps us out every Friday here on Waddle and Sylvie. I'm Jeff Meller, in for Sylvie. Doug, of course, is uh, the expert insider, the host of Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian on OnlyPlayers.com. He is, of course, brought to you by Chicago Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go places. Doug, we're already getting sad. We're already getting sad about it because it's uh, the second to last Sunday of football season for us. Hell, I started getting sad last week. Yes, (laughs) that's fair. Fair point. The end was near. What is your What is your favorite weekend of the NFL season, Doug? Uh, Honestly, opening weekend. Is it okay? We were talking about that earlier. It's also still hot out. It's like week, you know, two of college, so you're already up and running. Mm Got the whole football season ahead. It's, it's baseball season, like you know, playoff stretches. I, I think football season. The more you have in front of you in terms of games left, the better. But you know, there is, you know, there becomes a little bit. It doesn't mean the NFL is great all the time. It doesn't mean it's fast a thousand. I mean, obviously the refereeing is questionable and all that stuff. But we're still like trained monkeys coming back to watch this stuff. Yeah. So I would say the opening weekend. Do you find that there is a period of time during the NFL season, Doug? Is it early in the year? Is it the midway point? Is it the end of the season? Is it the playoffs? Is it the Super Bowl where your job as a handicapper you consider to be easier for whatever reason? So that's a good question. I've actually talked about it with my betting partner this week. Like I've always been a guy in like October and November who heats up. Mm. Uh, this year, I happen to do well early in the season. I think it's just an outlier situation. I mean, early in the seasons, the people who, who do their math modeling and like know the player projections, I just happen to have been like on Tampa Bay this year and knew they were better than people realized and things like that. Usually, it's October and November when the market is supposedly the tightest. I find sort of like opportunities and things like that. That you know, I did well. Uh, sort of, you know, in the contest and everything. I had a nice push November and December. But that's typically where I am. Playoffs, I mean, look, like, 
you know, we'll get into it, but like Chiefs Ravens, like as of now, I'm not betting it. I mean, I, I'm probably going to have more on like an NBA second half total right. on Sunday than I do. I just, I don't force wagers, especially now with in-game wagering presenting opportunities. I don't need quote unquote action getting into a game because I'm waiting for an opportunity to hopefully present itself. But I understand for sure the angst to want to fire on these games. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I do. Yeah, all right. And enough of that rational Yeah, because talk we're time. amateurs. You're yes. a professional. Yes. <laughs> for the amateurs out there, for the hardcore junkies who need their fix, this is what we, we need from you, Doug. You mentioned it, so let's start with it. It's the first game of the afternoon on Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Of course, the Ravens are the number one seed. They looked excellent last week against the Texans, but of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have that man Patrick Mahomes on their side. How are you looking at this one, even if you are going to lay off of it? So based on some odd makers and betters I've talked to, it sounds like Baltimore is the right side. However, I I think there's a good chance they win, don't cover. And then I'm also worried about the, the, the game unfolding a certain way where Baltimore has to rally from a deficit. And I just don't know if Mahomes... And sorry, Lamar and, and the team can do that that effectively. So I lean to the dog plus the point. If I bet it, I would probably bet the Ravens money line. But as I talked about last week, you know, a lot of these betting trends are kind of silly and people just wallpaper them and don't really know how to process them and connect dots. Mm-hmm. With, with Mahomes, it, it reminded me, because it, it's not just Mahomes, it's Mahomes and Andy Reid being 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread as an underdog. And it reminded me of Belichick and Brady, how I remember when Brady left New England, I did a story for ESPN, basically came up with the you know, stats that they are the second best all-time cover percentage for a head coach and quarterback behind only Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. But the market was super loose back in the 80s and 90s, much tighter. So basically, they, were the, they outperformed the market better than any head coach and quarterback. And what does that mean? And, and I talked to oddsmakers who do math modeling, and one guy was just like, look, I, I tried to model Belichick, and I just never could accurately. Mm. Um, sort of like past performance doesn't project certain things. And I think that's where we are with Andy Reid and Mahomes as an underdog. Um, you know, it, it, they're just difference makers, right? Like, it's really hard to take stats as like a nine-point favorite during the regular season against the Raiders and project it in a playoff matchup like this on the road you know it's just it's really hard to do that because i mean i know you only have stats to go off of but i just think a guy like mahomes is that special and reed's going to game plan a certain way but i just think there's better things to do with your buddy than than lay points against mahomes and andy reed i, I just i don't get it um like we just look at last week like the difference making plays and and you can even take it a step further and waddle you can speak to this better than you know all of us is when you have a guy like that on your team you just have sort of a swagger and a confidence. Like, I think it kind of spreads across the locker room. Like, I, like I even think the field goal kicker is better, having, knowing that he has Mahomes on his team. He's just going to be a little bit more loose and, and comfortable, things like that. I mean, that's the kind of thing when you have Brady, when you have Mahomes, these, these guys who, even at the elite, 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 they're, they're still differentiators. This... And I, that's why I just don't think there's, like, value laying over a field goal against the Chiefs. Because I think the regular season, they were sleepwalking a little bit. We've seen the best version of them the last two weeks. They had flipped the proverbial switch. But all that being said, I'm not like running to the window to bet on because I think the Ravens, if they sort of dictate the game script and they run the ball like I think they're going to, I think 
they win, and I'm looking at maybe the money line or something like that, but I'm not in a rush to lay four points. I do think the under probably comes in because they're going to be committed to the run. Even last week when they were tied at halftime, they were committed to the run the second half. But, you know, like I said, Mahomes is the ultimate weapon, and who knows what he's going to pull. It's so interesting, Doug, because I look at this game and I, and I vacillate because I look at Baltimore minus four, and I'm going, well, that's a Patrick Mahomes tax tied to that, tied to that because that should be six and a half. Because the Ravens were statistically the best defense in the league this year, and one of the best offenses, averaging 28.5 points per game. They've got the MVP. They've got tremendous home field advantage. The, the, the Chiefs haven't been able to throw it nearly as well this year as they have in the past. Their defense has led the way. So i got to think that the Ravens at home are going to win by a touchdown. But then, as you say... I got Patrick Mahomes on the other side, who's playing, I won't say with house money, but I don't think they're, Jeff and I were talking about this earlier, I think there's significantly more pressure on the Ravens than there is on the Chiefs. And oh, I don't know absolutely. if you, and I don't know, Doug, if you handicap based on pressure in a difficult moment in history for players, but from a human perspective, don't you believe that Lamar's got a lot more at stake here than Patrick Mahomes? Uh from a, like a legacy standpoint, yes. yeah, I, I think the Ravens sort of the bracket broke for them, right? They got the one seed. I mean, they earned a lot of the breaks too, which is back to Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know, on the other side of the bracket. They only had to beat one of them. They get to play at home, and and there's something sort of a gas tank kind of concept as well. With, I mean, Mahomes and those guys looked great last week, but it takes something out of you to go play a game like that on the road and then have to try to rev up the engines and do it again, right? So. I, I agree, but that's that's kind of why these underdog runs never kind of end in championships for the most part. Is because they use a lot of that, um, you know, it, it the, it's kind of like the penalty in the red zone, right? You know, you hear announcers sometimes saying, you know, let's say it's like fourth and goal on like the four, and then they back up five yards. It's like, oh, well, it's actually more room to work with. It's not. It's called a penalty because you get penalized. So. <laughs> Like, the house money thing is great, but they're still on the road, and the other team has played one less playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. So they're fresher. I think they're the healthiest healthiest of the four teams remaining in Baltimore. And I, I, I think, like, they have – they sort of should win the coin flip balls and all that stuff because of all that. But to your point, as the game goes longer in the season, things do tighten, and then you have Mahomes, who seemingly has not sort of – shot himself in the foot even the games they lost this year that were close it was like you know the bomb against the eagles on monday night that i think it was hardman dropped or whoever dropped now that the eagles still would have had a minute to come back and score but a lot of them have been beyond mahomes it's not like mahomes has had brain cramps like maybe josh allen has in the past so i i I just i do think you're right and there's the pressure is on lamar but I think at this level and all that, I don't think he's, like, really worried about his legacy. I think these guys are so good at compartmentalizing and playing and obviously have natural ability on top of that that I don't think it's really sort of like a factor in the outcome of this game. Uh, Are there any prop bets attached to players that you think are appealing in this game, maybe more so than playing the total or the line? Yeah, I mean, I lean under in the game, but I also think that uh, translates to Gus Edwards' props over. I mean, the Chiefs' rush defense way different than the pass defense, right? They are sort of structured like those old Colts t- teams with Peyton Manning where they get the lead and they can play downhill where Chris Jones is sort of the Dwight Freeney uh, of this era in that regard. 
I think they're going to run Gus Edwards a lot in Baltimore. Like, I don't know if Lamar's going to run more. I think it's a little, you know, obviously when he tucks it and goes, he's great. Um, I think just they're going to, you know, hand it to Gus Bus a lot. And I think his prop, his prop is probably uh, a little on the low side. And that's the thing is a lot of these props are calculated based on regular season stats, but there's only so much you can do um, with the regular season. Like last week, Kelsey's receiving yards were 61, 62 and a half. And I felt it was just so low because of the prop, you know, the linebackers being out for Buffalo and the fact that it's the playoffs and Mahomes is going to more likely to go to this trusted target. So I do think there's a little bit of an edge with Edwards rushing prop. Okay. Doug Kazarian joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Doug, of course, you can catch him on Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian on OnlyPlayers.com. All right, Doug, shifting to the NFC game afterwards. We've got the Detroit Lions heading to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Niners, I believe, are a seven-point favorite right now. How do you like that one? Yeah, this game I feel a little bit better about than the other one. So there's some seven-and-a-half popping up in the market, and now those are seven-and-a-half and plus money. So we're about minus seven, minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. I think, I think it's trending in that direction. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just seven and a half flat everywhere by Sunday. It looks like Debo Samuel looked really healthy at practice today, mm. and that I think is why we're seeing the market head that direction. But I'll say this: some of these stats getting thrown around on Twitter, and whatnot, of like, oh, the Niners' offense without Debo. A lot of those stats are without Debo and Trent Williams. Trent Williams is the key to this uh, offense. When he's in and Devo's out, like there's really not a ton of drop off. Now, with that being said, Daniel's great and Shanahan has more flexibility, and it's just that much better um, on that front when it's when all, all all pieces are clicking and you can even line up Devo in the backfield and lead up and line up McCaffrey's receiver. So, all that being said, like you want Devo healthy, but the, the stats are misleading. It's really not that bad if you were to miss time. So, I just think this line story is great and it's magical. I just think it comes to an end. Uh, this weekend. Now, do I think the Niners cover the seven? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I, I'm probably going to bet minus seven. I just think there's better value with the Niners team total over twenty nine and a half. This Lions secondary is trash. Like it's been shredded yes. the last five weeks by Nick Mullins, Baker Mayfield, Dak. Obviously had a field day. I mean, Nick Mullins threw for four hundred yards twice in the last <laughs> five weeks. So, and and obviously they're going to figure out a way, whether it be with Trent Williams and whatnot, chipping and everything to kind of contain Hutchinson. But otherwise, like, I think Purdy's going to have a monster day. Shanahan should have a field day against this defense. And therefore, I think Purdy, for his limitations, will be fine. I think over 279.5 passing yards is a very good play. I think Kittle at only 61.5 is a very good play because there's also Yak and all these Niners guys, like, get the short catches, and Kittle's a monster to tackle. So I think I think the Niners are going to score early and often. I really do. Now, if 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 that offense with Ben Johnson pulling the strings and all this like lends itself, yeah, I mean I I wouldn't be shocked if they backdoor covered or put up some points themselves. But I think Niners team total. So basically, it's twenty. So if they've scored thirty points, and what scenario would the team total hit where the minus seven does not? Well, that's if the if the Lions put up points, and I think they can. So if it's like a 30-24 to 24 game, one of those things, you know, 32-27 or something like that, right? 31-27 or something like that. So probably split a unit between the team total and the minus seven. But I do think that the Lions' magical ride does come to an end, even though it'll be awesome to see them in the Super Bowl and they might break Vegas. 
But uh, I think I think these things come to an end typically. I think it's the Sunday. I was going to ask you about the total. I think it's fifty-one and a half. Knowing that you know that the Lions can score and maybe they are in chase mode, is is the total at fifty-one and a half something that you're interested in? It feels on the low side to your point, and it has moved up for what it's worth to like fifty and a half to fifty-one and a half. But there's a chance like Goff stinks, right? Like I don't. The problem with the Lions mm-hmm. is they're awesome for two and a half quarters of most games, and then they just stall. And for whatever reason, right? I mean, nobody's bats a thousand on their play calling, but I just feel like this team is like solid and good, but just not great. And and but I don't know if the Niners' defense is that great, right? Rodgers had guys open, and you know the, you can move the ball sometimes on this night. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a monster night on Monday night earlier in the season. Like, you can do it. You just have to be execute. But the problem is I don't want to rely on Jared Goff to execute. I'd, sadly, I'd rather uh, you know, rely on Purdy, but that's really Purdy, Shanahan, and all the weapons. Now, the Lions have weapons, and they may make it happen. I, look, I can see it. I wouldn't bet the under, but I think I'd feel more comfortable with the Niners team total than I do the game total. Okay. Doug Kazarian joining us here on Waddle and Sylvie for another moment here on ESPN 1000. Doug, you mentioned that Debo Samuel, uh, it's official. He's not even listed on the injury report. Kyle Shanahan said he's a full go and will be playing in Sunday's game. So to your point, yeah, it looks like they'll have their full complement of weapons. One thing I do want to ask you, Doug, for the uh, novice betters out there, is there any value into playing a future if you have, maybe you like, a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl matchup. Is there any value to playing a future play like that for those teams squaring off, or are you just better off betting the games, you know, individually? Well, look, I mean, early in the season, I think there's value on some of that stuff. But right now, like a, a matchup or something, that's just a two-leg parlay, yep. right, on those two teams' money line. You can do a, a, a take it a step further and say, like, who's going to win the Super Bowl over the other team? So it's like a three-leg parlay, right? Okay. Each team advancing and then the other team winning. Um, there's real no value, but I think when you get to the sort of last couple rounds of the NFL, and especially because the Super Bowl is, you know, such a large fabric of the Super Bowl is prop betting. I can't fault anyone for wanting to fire on something that pays out more than even money, right? If you want to take three to one on something happening and root it in on Sunday and carry it over to the Super Bowl, I got no issue. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, criticize it. I don't think anyone should be, you know, kind of embarrassed or anything silly like that, splitting hairs. When you have you know some seven to one, I mean the fact that the not Lions to win at all plus seven fifty right now, it's not that crazy because you know you have the better quarterback in theory, and you know, you have weapons. So to win a couple games, you know it, I've seen stranger things happen. And you know you have the second game, so anything goes, I guess, when it comes to this juncture of the season. But no, I mean these uh, these bookmakers aren't going to be asleep at the wheel. I will say there's there is a little value on advanced point spreads. I think. The Niners being favorites over the Ravens and Chiefs, if they meet up, I think is wrong. Like, I think if the Chiefs go into Baltimore and win, mm. and there's a chance the Niners have a sloppy win, yeah. like, I think the Chiefs are going to be like one point favorites. And then I do think the Ravens will be favored over the Niners if they slay the dragon that is Mahomes. So I think, and it all depends how the Niners look this weekend, right? Sure. But there's a chance they don't look great like they did against Green Bay last week. So I think, I think the advanced line right now, of Baltimore minus two and a half against, sorry, San Francisco minus two and a half against Baltimore. I don't think that's going to be the line come Sunday night for the Super Bowl. If those two teams advance, yeah, I think you're looking at like Baltimore minus one. I, I, I do, but uh, so much depends on how these teams look. But I think the Ravens are going to get quote unquote more brownie points, 
by beating Chiefs and the Mahomes and because they have last week's second-half performance that made them look so good under their belt and sort of impression in the minds of the betters going into the Super Bowl. All right, Doug. Great insight, Doug. We always appreciate it, man. Enjoy Conference Championship Sunday. All right, you guys too. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great weekend as well. You got it. Thank you, Doug. Doug, Doug, of course, uh, Doug Kazarian, the host of Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian on OnlyPlayers.com. Brought to you on Waddle & Sylvia by your Chicago Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go play. See, I look at these games as an amateur gambler. And I look at the... And Doug makes a lot of great points, but I look at, again, it's something we talked about, is you look at this Ravens and Chiefs game, and, and Patrick Mahomes, like many people, is my favorite player and the guy I enjoy watching the most and have the most trust in. But this is a Ravens team that, as Carmen was saying, is historically yes. good in a lot of different statistical it, areas. It's insane because, it, like, Mahomes is, is really driving. Like you said, it's the Mahomes tax. Yeah, and jo- Joe Tooney is out, right? Mm-hmm. You're, one of your guards is out. They haven't been able to to throw the ball consistently well. So here's the th- you, you bring this up, and I, I was I looked at this again yesterday. One of the key, a couple of the key plays in the Chiefs' win over the Bills on their two touchdown drives in the second half. They got on each drive. They got a an over twenty five yard completion from Mahomes to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Right. And I think Doug referenced the the missed touchdown opportunity. I think it was Valdez Scantling on Monday Night Football against the Eagles earlier in this year. MVS, listen, he's got the ability to get some separation downfield. It's yes. always though a matter of is he going to come down with the ball? Last Sunday or was it Sunday yeah, it was last Sunday when they played, he made those two critical catches. I don't know if you can necessarily count on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You're not trusting him. L- uh, yeah, listen, he, he made the plays against the Bills. If he makes the plays against the Baltimore Ravens this week, it, it's certainly possible the Chiefs can pull off the slight upset. But I do think you're going to need a guy like him to make those plays in this game if the Chiefs are going to be able to go into Baltimore and beat this this historically very good if not excellent, Baltimore Ravens team. Watts. I got to tell you, I think that the best way to approach the, this this Ravens squad is actually to run the ball at them. The, I mean, there yes. are very well, few yeah. weaknesses. No, right. Yes, they've averaged, as I said earlier, three hundred seventy yards and twenty eight points per game on offense. They've allowed three hundred one yards and sixteen and a half points per game on defense. But defensively, they've allowed about one hundred nine rushing yards per game at a four and a half yards per clip. If you are Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid, don't you come into Baltimore, especially, again, also because of the home field advantage with the noise, Mm -hmm. you got a backup guard, don't you come in and try to establish the run and control the clock and keep Lamar on the sidelines as much as as you possibly can? There are some really cool stats I saw above your head on ESPN as well as they were talking about with regard to – like the Ravens, I saw Mina Kimes on, on Twitter yesterday also say or tweet out that against just your standard four-man front, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson had the highest, by far the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback in the league, was better than anyone against your standard four-man front. Yes. I also just saw that they put up a stat that... that uh, the Chiefs or Spagnola? Uh, what was it? Was. Anyway, I, I, I'm going to just uh, hit reverse and just go back and... And say that that if, in fact, you are Spagnolo and you're trying to put together a game plan against Lamar, knowing 
how dangerous he is if he tucks and runs, mm-hmm. if you come after him and he breaks contain. I would still go down being aggressive versus sitting back and trying to play against him with a standard format rush. Yes. Because of those statistics. So if, in fact, you know, you're trying to put together a game plan or you're trying to discern how they're going to try and attack Lamar and, and that Ravens offense, I would think that Spagnolo's coming after him early and, and often, and they're not going to be deterred if, in fact, there are a, a couple of big plays made early against the Blitz. And, I, you know, some of the nerd notes that I've been following, I, that's uh, a lot of people believe that Spagnolo will come and they'll bring their safeties up to your points and force Lamar Jackson not so much to beat them with his legs, but force him to connect deep downfield. This is where I think a prop play like Zay Flowers yeah. could very like oh, his over. I think it's what's his number at 66, 68 maybe. Zay Flowers. Look Catch for, and run. Look for him. You know, they're going to have to beat the safeties over the top. That's going to be an opportunity that I think will be there for Lamar Jackson. Not saying that, So if they can connect on that, that very well could be a game changer for them. Also, Willie Gay, who has been primarily the guy who, when they spy a quarterback, the Chiefs, he's been the guy who has, he, he before he, like, when they went against the Bills last week, he was the player tasked with that until he left the game with injury. He's questionable, right? So keep an eye on his status. And not just this. This was the other stat I was searching for as I was stammering. Um, think about it again. Lamar and the Ravens are, are, are Lamar's the best quarterback in the league. He gets a standard four man um, front. Uh, yep. Front. If you come after him, the Chiefs have also allowed thirty seven first downs on quarterback scrambles. So not only are the are the Ravens really good against your standard defense. Yep. But the Chiefs have been susceptible to a scrambling quarterback. Yes. yes. So really, there is no good solution, no. and hence the reason why, as much as I like the Chiefs and I like Patrick Mahomes, I still, I mean, I, I think the Ravens, even giving four seems a little light to me. No, I'm with you there. Like I said, it's, it's really, it's all about Mahomes in this one, you know, because can you get past going, going against the greatest quarterback in the game right now? Because I think everybody would, like, when you dig into these numbers, it all points to the Baltimore Ravens being the better team, being at home. They've got Justin Tucker. If it comes down to close and late, you feel yeah. very comfortable with him. So a lot of things are, you know, in the Ravens' favor. It's just a matter of can Patrick Mahomes have that yeah. Mahomes magic that ultimately would foible you if you are betting the Ravens. You know, there's... Like I said, it's, I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a fascinating game. And something I said at the very beginning of the season, Waddle, I mentioned it when we were getting set. on. It was the Thursday night opener when the Chiefs were hosting the Lions. And I said, and because Travis Kelsey, you'll recall, was injured for that game. Right. He did not play against the Lions. And I said, man, if Patrick Mahomes can actually go ahead and pull it off this season, boy, he might be the greatest of all time. And, and Sylvie kind of gave me gave me crap about it because I said, what do you mean? He's Patrick Mahomes is great. And I said, I know he's great, but now it's just a matter of to what degree, how right. great is he, right? Because the weapons that he has at his disposal are not quite the same. Well, halfway through the season, everyone was, you know, the, there was yes. the, 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 the old battle cry of, see, if, if he would have come to Chicago and didn't have any weapons, he'd just be an average quarterback. See, Patrick Mahomes 
with a group that didn't perform very well for for him, still threw for better than 4,200 yards and 27 touchdowns and got his yes. team to the AFC title game. Something, See? something no Bears quarterback has ever done. Yeah. Uh, quickly, before we get to like it or love it, John wants to talk about uh, Buffalo running on KC. John, you're on with Waddle and Sylvie Miller and for Sylvie. Hey, guys. I actually had two questions. That mm-hmm. was my first. The sec- I'll give you the second one uh, first since it's the easiest one. Uh, what do you think uh, in terms of how many of the Bears' starting offensive line could crack Houston's offensive line? With uh, the, the Texans? With the, yes. With the suggestion that that's why C.J. Stroud was so good this year. John, John, uh, time out, time out. Can we just let's just have a talk, just the three of us, okay? Let's just have a talk. Sure. Don't you think that it's silly? And I'm assuming, I'm assuming that you are a Justin Fields fan. Is that a correct assumption? And that you, I'm, I'm ambivalent. I think he needs a better line if we're going to keep him. Okay, I would just say maybe that was just a. I, I apologize for jumping to any conclusions. I would just say this. I think it's. I think it's uh, dangerous is the wrong word. I, I, it's, I, I think it's it's difficult to just suggest that C.J. Stroud was a product of just a better offensive line, better coaching and everything. I just don't think that's oh, I'm giving. Not saying that's only thing. I'm saying that that allowed him to be as good as he was. I, I think I think you know, uh, an outstanding offensive line lets any quarterback be better than they would otherwise be without uh, having an average amount of pressure put on them. I think that that is a fair statement, that any quarterback that stands behind a better offensive line is going to be in better shape than a quarterback that stands behind a bad offensive line. But I'll go to the last game of the season against, I believe it was the Indianapolis Colts that they played in the regular season. In the first play of the game, he shuffles to his right. He moves in the pocket to create time as the rush is coming after him delivers a dime for a deep ball for a touchdown on the first offensive play of the game and gets absolutely cracked by a defensive lineman mm-hmm. right as he's throwing it. So I, I'm not going to deny it. There's no question they have a, a, a pretty good offensive line. So I guess you said, what, are they better than it? Their center, yes. The Bears act, or the, the Texans, I believe, drafted two centers. They played the later draft pick first because the... Juice Scruggs? I think so, because the earlier pick was hurt. Uh, yeah. And then when the earlier pick got healthy, he took over. You've got Laramie Tunsil, who jumped yeah. off sides nine times, I think, in the last game. My point is, is it, the following, and John, I'm I, sorry, I, we'll go back to you because you had a second question as well. I just don't like to minimize the performance of a player because of something other than his own doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's better when he has sure, a good offensive of line. Yeah, yeah, but there were a lot of moments, John, where C.J. Stroud excelled because C.J. Stroud was good. And I'll say that, listen, Darnell Wright was, a, was, a, was the 10th overall pick in the draft. He, yeah. he probably would start for the Houston Texans. Tevin Jenkins, when healthy, showed us a lot. I think there's probably a good argument that two-fifths of the Bears' offensive linemen would have started for the Texans, John. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, that, was, that would be my high side as well. And, and I didn't want – I shouldn't say uh, – I did not mean to imply at all that you know that the quarterback's own uh, skills aren't aren't a f- part of the equation. Right. I, I I think it's a fifty fifty proposition, and I think you know if Caleb or Justin or even even if you were to trade down and get rid of Justin to get more draft capital, 
whatever, uh, and, and I'm trusting Ryan Poles to do this, mm-hmm. is to, to get a top-flight offensive line. Because it was obvious back, I think, toward, you know, when you played, clearly our Super Bowl team, we had yeah. one of the top offensive lines in the league at that time. No doubt. And uh, I think that's, you know, I will say this as well, John. The the Houston Texans. I went back and just looked at the stats. Had three more given. They had three fewer sacks given up than the Bears. Bears offense. uh, Their quarterbacks were sacked fifty times. Texans quarterbacks in the regular season were sacked forty seven times. And I would also add that you know, in terms of running the football, a lot of the Bears rushing totals, and they were the number one, the number one or number two rushing attack in the league this year. And while Justin accounted for a lot of that. Khalil Herbert averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Roshan Johnson averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Deontay Foreman only averaged 3.9, but overall they averaged 4.5 yards per carry. I think on a when you evaluate their offensive line in the run game, I thought that they were, were pretty damn good this year. All right, uh, let's jump into Like It, Love It. Just a little taste of it. I wasn't trying to give John the business. I just like shiver when people try to diminish. And I'm not suggesting John was no, yeah. was poo-pooing the season that C.J. Stroud had. I come back to him and say, who was C.J. Stroud throwing to? He had a lesser, less accomplished yes. group of targets than yes. we did. Yeah, nobody. And, I'm not, and you know, John you, wasn't even tr- trying to compare us sure. versus them, I don't think. But barely anybody knew who Nico Collins and Tank Dell were right. before the season began. Right. And now and they became household names 12 games into the season. I think largely because CJ Stroud put them in positions I, to make plays. Look, I understand how important your offensive line is and your receivers and your coaches. I just but, I shiver when guys yeah. people diminish the performance of players just because of stuff around them or not just so much in John's case, but people will say, "Well, if Justin had that offensive line, Let's not. I mean, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. not diminish. Let's not try to prop up our guy by tearing somebody else down. Let's just say good things about our guy without trying to compare him to to C.J. Stroud and finding ways to knock C.J. Stroud, who was the NFL Rookie of the Year, and for a stretch there was in the MVP hunt as well. And as you pointed out, the third player in NFL history to lead the league in yards per game. Touchdown passes, right? The touchdown interception, sorry, touchdown ra- interception r- ratio. ratio in the same season. And he, he did it along with what other two players? They're the only other two guys that have done it. And it's not a rookie stat. It's an NFL stat in the last in 50 years. In the history years. of the league, three guys have done it. Yes. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Joe Montana, and now C.J. Stroud have led the league in passing yards per game and touchdown interception ratio in the same season. I just, I'm not going to. I'm not going to point the finger in any other direction than at C.J. Stroud and said he had a great year. All right. Like it, love it. Our handicapping segment. We've gone through it all season long. Tyler Aki, can you run down our current standing? All right. After last week, Sylvie has taken the lead. He's got 78 points. Waddle with 75. Ooh. Miller with 65. And myself with 55. So Sylvie's got the uh, lead. Did he send in his picks? He did send in his picks, and Jake Cantu has those picks. I'm playing the role of Sylvie today, guys. All right, you've got bigger hands, so that's uh, <laughs> not... I don't know how by I'd how say big, big shoes to fill, but you can certainly the fill gloves. his gloves. Yes. Yeah, okay. If the glove does not fit, Jake, you must acquit. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Uh, O.J. Simpson. Oh, oh, yes. Wow, Jake. From the top Woo! best running back in Look the NFL. You. 
Look at you, buddy. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Kay. What did he say? He said best running back in the history of the NFL. Walt he was Payton. very, very good, but I'll disagree yeah. with you. On Walt, 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 yeah. I'm kidding. I'm you think, kidding. The, you think kidding. the Justin Fields fanatics are mad at you, oh, yeah. The Walter Payton <laughs> fans are going to. He's a Dallas Emmett Smith? No, I'm joking, guys. All right, so uh, Sylvie's in the lead. Uh, he So, Jake, you're going to have to go ahead and give us Sylvie's first like to get things started. All right, today Sylvie likes. He's going to go to the Lions game. Sylvie likes the Jameer Gibbs over 76.5 combined rushing and receiving yards so we all know i mean gibbs had a phenomenal touchdown run last week against the bucks uh aaron jones kind of had his a uh, little decent day yes versus the uh 49ers so i expect a big game as well from gibbs uh this weekend especially you know they got to use all your weapons you can against that 49ers defense so yep he likes uh gibbs over 76 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards all right i like it uh my like is ravens minus three and a half in the first half I believe that maybe the Kansas City Chiefs will uh, be able to to supply a backdoor cover at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I totally lean Ravens in this this situation, um, but I'll take the minus three and a half in the first half. Ravens for my like. I'm going to go ahead and take the San Francisco 49ers. Are we current? I've got seven. What are we working off? Of? I believe it's seven and a half. Uh, see, now. now this is where I get a little annoyed because but here's I can. The thing. If you, I have if seven and a half on DraftKings, which is where we have yes. called the standard. But seven or seven and a half for the purposes of this pool are the same number. Because if it's seven, it's a push. You get no points. Fair. Okay, okay. that's a good point. I see. You just get your there. money back. But all right. There's so no good. money at stake. So, so, all right, good point. You yeah. you have uh, sold me. I will lay the extra half. But if you're go- <laughs> if you're going off of this, I let me just let you know out there. You can shop around. You can find the seven right there. So, uh, if you do indeed have that, shop around. Of a Everybody, say, shop around. It's available in a plot in plenty of spots. So, I like the 49ers laying seven slash seven and a half. All right, for my like, I am going to go to the Lions, and I'm going to take their team total under of 22.5. In the five games that they have played outdoors this season, four times they have scored 21 or less. So under 22.5 is my play. It's good. Like it. All right, Jake, give us Sylvie's love. All right, uh, Sylvie's love this week, and I would have had the same one if I was picking. It's Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown. I mean, last time he faced the Chiefs, he finished with 107 rushing yards and two touchdowns. He finished with two touchdowns last week. So let's roll the dice with Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown to run over that Chiefs defense. And anytime touchdown from Lamar, I like that as well. That's good. That's only plus one. That's actually good value. That's plus 105. I didn't realize. I thought you were going to get minus minus something on that. It was plus one ten earlier when I looked at it, but well, yeah. so they put so a big play one. on it and uh, dropped the odds. Um, my love is over four and a half receptions for Christian McCaffrey. I think they're going to throw the ball to him. I think they're going to hand it to him, but I think they're going to throw it to him as well. I think he had seven catches last week in their uh, their their game against the uh, Green Bay Packers. So over four and a half receptions for Christian McCaffrey. For my love, I am going to go to that first game. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. He has, in most places, uh, DraftKings right now has it listed at 27.5 rushing yards. I'm going to go ahead and hammer the over for Patrick Mahomes. I do think uh, Doug pointed it out. Oftentimes, these totals are based primarily on the regular season total. But it is playoff time. I do believe Patrick Mahomes is more prone to running in the playoffs and against the Baltimore Ravens. I do think he will have to run a little bit more to make some plays and keep some drives alive. I love 
the over on Patrick Mahomes rushing yards at 27 and a half. I'm going to take another Kansas City rusher to go over their total, and that is Isaiah Pacheco. His total is 62 and I a half. I looked at that, too. I thought it was a little high. It's a, it is a little high, but like he can bust off a couple of like 15-yarders. Yeah. I think he'll chip away at it, and I think Kansas City is going to commit to the run, try to shorten up this game. So. I agree. Kansas City uh, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco over 62 and a half rushing yards. All right. And to close it out with our taste for just a taste, Jake, can't Sylvie's, Sylvie's just a little taste. He's going to go back to the Ravens-Chiefs game. He has the Ravens minus four. It's a, I, it's a coin flip. I think it can go either way, but uh, he's riding with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens minus four. All right. My taste is an Aiden Hutchinson sack. Okay. Uh, I believe he had two last week. He had two the week before. He had three the week before that and one before. He's on a sack string, whatever it would be. He's on a sack attack. Sack attack. He's on a sack streak. So I'm going to go over. uh, It's actually over uh, three quarters of a sack. So he's going to have a sack in this game. Uh, For my taste, I think this is a big Brandon Ayuk game. It is good to hear that Debo Samuel is going to play. We got that news less than 20 minutes ago, officially Debo Samuel. But I do think that actually does bode well for Brandon Ayuk, who I think, as uh, Doug mentioned, uh, he expects a big day from Brock Purdy. I think they'll take advantage of some weak cornerbacks in the Lions secondary. This is where Brandon Ayuk is going to eat. Now, it's a little bit higher total. It's 80.5, but I do think it's a big game for Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to go ahead and play the over on Brandon Ayuk receiving yards. I have 77.5. All right. So you get even, you you get a better number. Give me 77.5. 77.5 for Meller on that. Good teammate. Well, that's what uh, DraftKings says. All right, my pick, I'm going to go with uh, Meller's love. I also love Patrick Mahomes to go over his rushing total as well. He could get this in one or two plays. No doubt. And with a pass rush like Baltimore has, he may be scrambling for a few plays in this game. So over 27 and a half rushing yards for Mahomes. I didn't play that, but I'm probably going to bet it. I didn't give that as one of mine, but I'm probably, you guys have convinced me to, to, to do that. There you go. So we've uh, convinced Waddle. Hopefully we've convinced the so listeners So Sylvie's well. leading. I'm behind him by three. Who's in third? Correct. Meller's in third. I'm in last. Is, do you guys have any chance Meller's at all? Meller's got a chance. He's ten or he's 13 back of Sylvie. So okay. it would take a... Yeah, I need to run. take a monumental or, run. Actually, I take that back. He can't catch him. No. Yeah, I can only <laughs> get 12, 12 more points. Yeah, there's 12 more See, points. I take the that Super back. Bowl, Bad don't forget, Super Bowl money balls. Everything's doubled. So we've got <laughs> no, a chance. No, that's not how we play the game. It's not how it's played. I love these final two weeks of this because we get to the gutters for some of these picks. Like, the, forget the sides. The sides go out the window. We have two true sides in this game. Everything else is props or like first half stuff. Yep. It's all right. It's what we're here for. Yep. <sighs> all right. There you go. Good La- times. Like it, love it, steer. And I, I like it, love it, just the taste. Yeah, we used to do steer clear yes, on it. Yes. Um, but it is no longer that. All right. Up next, we do it every Friday. We let you know what to watch for. And that is coming up next here on Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home, we're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. Every Friday, we get you set for what you should be watching for this weekend. And as always, it's brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. Right now, be the 10th caller, and you'll win yourself some free pizza from Connie's. How about that? 
Great way to get your weekend started. We'll take care of you. 312-332-3776. Caller number 10 wins some Connie's frozen pizza. All right, Waddle. I don't have anything spectacular for you. Uh, I um, Football? Watching football? Football is a given. That's not a bad thing. Um, I just finished season two of Reacher, mm-hmm. so I would reiterate that. I think I've given that out before. I just finished, what did I just finish? Um, Fool, me, Fool Me Once or whatever it was. Sylvie gave it out. I just finished that whole entire series. Fool Me, uh, Fool me Once. I, I thought it was good, worth watching. But I'm on to season once, two. Shame on you. Fool Don't me mess twice. with Texas. Something like that. I think it was. But uh, my my real, uh, I, I'm reiterating what I, I watched. I saw season one of Slow Horses, season two of Slow Horses. I've started, so I would recommend that. I've seen everything else. Okay. There's been, no, I don't well. have anything new to give you. I'm not going to advise you to watch Bulls basketball. I watched it last night. Oof. It was fine for a half. Yeah. I think, who do they have? Portland on Sunday, I believe. Isn't that who they play? Yeah. Like, uh, there's... I'm going to watch so, the movie, the Scorsese movie, at some point, maybe this weekend. Flowers of the Killer Moon? Yes. Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the, Killers flower, of the moon. flower Moon. Thank you, Jake. But I would say yeah, that, to you if, you, if you're interested, do you like Gary Oldman? Slow Horses is pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed Killers quite a bit, but it is definitely a... <laughs> It lacks a little bit of action at times. Could have used a little bit of editing, in my opinion. But still, worth your time, as long as you have three and a half slash four hours. All right. I did watch and consume Bulls basketball, so it did get in my way of consuming a film that I'm going to check out this weekend new on Netflix. I know I saw uh, our buddy on Twitter, Paul Smith, who oftentimes gives us some good recs. One of my old uh, uh, baseball coaches back in in high school. I don't know if it's the same Paul Smith. It's not. But uh, Paul Smith did uh, mention this, and I was actually going to recommend it, so uh, I'll give him a little bit of credit. Dumb Money, now available on Netflix. It was out in theaters. It is uh, brand new this week, though, on Netflix. Dumb Money, starring lots of your favorite actors, give no me, doubt. Give me Paul some. Dano, uh, Nick Offerman, Seth Rogen, um, uh, Shailene Woodley. Dumb uh, Money. Dumb Money, about the GameStop uh, story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's, now, okay. that's now currently available on Netflix. So I'm going to check that out hopefully tonight, if not tonight. Pete Davidson's in that, too. He is, he is. So lots of good people in that cast. And then if you, uh, you want a series, you want something a little bit longer, American Nightmare, which is the real-life version of Gone Girl. So it is uh, American really? Nightmare, a three-part series, I believe, on Netflix. Um, it's one of the uh, top streamed shows on Netflix so right now. So it's the real-life story of Gone Girl. Correct. Wow. Uh, correct. So if you've seen that flick, you may want to check that out. Tyler, what do you got for us? My show this week it will be Breakpoint. For those who are unfamiliar with that, it's on Netflix. It is the tennis version of Full Swing and oh. Drive to Survive. Um, and especially timely with the Aussie Open going on right mm-hmm. now. I was just going to say, great. that's what I should have said was, was the Aussie Open. was fantastic. Joker versus Sinner yeah. and, and the Joker. How about Sinner? He's, my- he's 22 years old. Yeah. Well, Unbelievable. It's pretty good. He's a He's six foot five. I know, I know. You're a redheaded Italian yes, guy. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm glad you said it. My yes. wife, well, my wife's Italian. She says, I, you know what? I've, she you don't, said, see, too you don't see too many redheaded that Italian was, guys. Yeah, I, w- I was introduced to him last year. For Boy, my wife said, my wife's an, you know, I mean, is an avid tennis player. She, she said, like, if there's somebody that can, you know, knock him off of his, and he's yes. older. Yes, he yes. crushed him last he did, night, too. Yeah. And he's beating him. This is, the, I think, the third, third time, time he yeah. beat him. Yeah. You wonder if it's... This doesn't like a little late nights. 
Oh, it's great. We, I was Major talking tennis. with Black about it earlier today. Yeah, I love te- I love watching late night tennis. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why the Australian Open in particular yeah. catches a. You well, know, the second match was on in. at what two thirty? Yeah, yes. like I didn't stay up for that. I didn't but either. The first one I watched all the way through. Yeah, good call. Uh, all right, Jake. Jake what's what Jake got? got? All right. Well, first I'll reiterate. Uh, I gave out. I think two weeks ago I gave out Ted the TV series. So I, I doubled down last dude, week. Dude, that it's it's so funny. You. Look it's at you good, boys. It's hilarious. It's is so it? funny. Gotta, you need like yeah. Did, we got did you just like stupid Ted? laughter? Did you like Ted? Yeah. Then you'll love yeah. the show. Yeah. A couple Comedy's of back. It's like couple, the precursor to it. Yeah. A couple of Peacock boys in there. You yeah. Got yeah. Peacock. But if you if you purchased it because of the because of the Chiefs Dolphins game. Check out like Ted. Three million people did apparently. So Ted is good, huh? Ted's good. Hilarious. My little right. bonus I'm giving out. This is what the young little are, bonus. The, the youngins are watching bonus. this. Uh, I guess it came out yesterday or, or a day ago. Um, so this is. Have you guys heard of Hot Ones? Right, where they go they interview Sean Evans. He interviews a celebrity and then he eats a hot wing with them and they go oh, up to the scale. I've seen clips of yeah. that. So the new one with the actor Sydney Sweeney dropped the other day. Who's mm-hmm. that? She's from Euphoria. From Euphoria, White Lotus. Yeah, White uh, Lotus. Yeah, that's who. You Handmaid's Tale. I mean, everybody on Twitter is drooling over that, and you can see why. Uh, so I will be watching the twenty minutes of her interview. So she's talking about you know her upcoming movies, her past TV shows, and she's very pretty to look at. So I will watch that. All right, okay. there you go. Uh, that is what to watch for, of course, brought to you by Connie's. We uh, enjoy our partnership with Connie's, we do. as always. All right, I'm Jeff Meller, in for Sylvie today on Waddle & Sylvie. Up next, if you missed this week any show of the Waddle & Sylvie show, some you missed... quality guests. You missed some fantastic A-list guests in the sports world. I'm talking, of course, about Greg Olson, Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper Jr., Mike Tarico. So much great content from them. So we're going to give you a little bit of a snippet if you missed it. Coming up next, and of course, we've got Aki's A-List as well. It's all here on Waddle and Sylvie.